Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of HP Critical. It is a podcast where my friends and I talk all things gaming. I am Jarrell, as you may or may not know. Hopefully you do know, because that means you've listened to the podcast before. Welcome back. If you haven't and you're new, welcome. And I am joined by, uh, I'm going to start with our special guest for today, uh, Sterling. How are you? I'm great. I'm so happy to be here. It's been so long. So happy to have you here. Um, (laughs) And of course, we have the returning Kelly. Hello, I was muted. Sorry. (laughs) And Brandon. Hello, everybody. And also, a hello to Grayson, who just came on the chat saying hi, friends. Hey! Hey, Grayson! Hello, hello, hello! Um, So we've got a few things to talk about this evening, but first... Because I think this is, I think this is the last podcast that we're doing during Pride. Um, I did ask you guys before, so I'm asking y'all again: Have you played any LGBT games this month? Uh, yes, I have been playing. I have just finished the final route in Fire Emblem Three Houses, which, for those who are not aware, uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses does have a few same-sex relationships that you can do. Um, the main one is like Edelgard, uh, Mercedes, and Dorothea. But the DLC also added a few... Well, Linhart as well. But, um, the DLC also added a few, like, Yuritsa and Yuri as well for same-sex options. So, yeah. Um, I've also been playing Three Houses, but uh, haven't got into the relationship aspect of the game. The only other thing I'll say, though, is that I did go to my first Pride Parade this month. <laughs> what? It, it was <laughs> sick. It was such yes! a good time. Um, mostly just cause, you know, I'm like 25 now, I'm, but I'm from a small town. So God knows they never did anything like that, but I moved and I live in a big city and they had one and it was so fun. And like, everyone yes. was in such good spirits. It was like, it was like, um, it was like an infection, the positivity, like it was so sick. That's nice. Yeah. That's really cool. Uh, yeah. Speaking on pride, I will say that there is no pride like Miami pride, um, it is, you have to come down one time, all of you, you have to come to Pride. It is so great. You'll have, we, we'll, we'll plan it out. We'll have like mimosas on the beach for brunch uh, during the drag show. And then we'll go out to the beach after the par- uh, parade comes by. And we're just going to party and have a great time. And uh, all of you are invited next year during uh, Pride uh, for Miami. Um, Ooh, and if you don't come, I'm going to take it as a personal affront and just assume that you're homophobic. Uh, what about you, Kelly? What have you played that's LGBT friendly? Um, well, of course, uh, the critically acclaimed MMORPG Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, I turn it on every day just to get my mini Cactpot tickets. Uh, haven't really Worth done anything else, but um, and then I've been playing the Quarry, which in there you can make decisions that could make one of the characters. Um, gay but it's not really like i mean it's like one instance or something like that but that's that's probably the only thing it's not like a well actually you know what i haven't taken this path and then done a full playthrough so i'm not exactly sure how far it goes maybe it will be a like a whole storyline there i'm just not sure um there is an article that i wanted to bring up with this that i can't find written by someone that i follow i believe um about specifically the gay characters in the quarry and it's about the bury the gays trope and how this person if i'm remembering correctly was um 
was um, talking about, I'm sorry, I'm reading, I'm looking through Twitter and trying to find it. Uh, they were talking about how they were making sure that they made the gay characters not die because that's a trope in um, gaming. And if you want to hear more about that trope, the lovely Marissa has an article that's at the front of our page on HP Critical titled, Will the Last of Us 2 Bury Its Gays? Um, and she goes into more detail about uh, the topic, exactly what that trope is. And um, it's from last year, but we're, we're bringing it back up because of our, our Pride Month presentations. We're uh, cycling through some Pride uh, articles at the top of HP Critical for anyone who doesn't know. Uh, it's a great read, and it just talks about that trope and uh, her hopes for not seeing that happen uh, in The Last of Us 2, which, if you've played the game, um, you probably know how I feel about it, so I won't go into further detail about that. Uh, but shout out to Marissa and HP Critical for writing that. All right, let's move on! Talk about some fun games. <laughs> Sorry, I feel like I scared y'all. Let's talk about some fun gaming news. Um, I am going to start with the... Hmm, there's so much to talk about. Have any of you seen Jurassic World? Uh, the first Jurassic World, or just the I mean the last one that just came out. No, I have not. No. Uh, All right, no. let's move on then. So <laughs> it turns out that in Redfall, only the host makes story progress. This is from VG247.com, written by Sharif Syed, and it says Redfall is designed to be played solo or in co-op, and it looks like some concessions had to be made. Before last week's Xbox and Bethesda showcase, the structure of Redfall wasn't very clear. We knew it was co-op, open-world vampire hunting game. Now that we've seen actual gameplay, however, everything is clicking into place. Developer Arcane, which I have to bring out because I I believe I said they had the wrong developer last week, so my bad, y'all. Um, developer Arcane has been revealing more and more info about Redfall since, including how co-op is going to work. In an interview with IGN, creative director Harvey Smith revealed how Redfall is going to handle co-op progression. This is something every game treats differently, and there's typically no golden answer. Smith confirmed that in a co-op game, only the host of that session will be making story progress. In other words, you have to go back to your own game and replay the same mission again to progress your own story. So we talked uh, last week a little bit how about how Redfall kind of looks like Left 4 Dead, whether we were interested in it, whether we weren't. Um, did you see the Xbox Bethesda Showcase, Sterling? Uh, not really. I just kind of got the highlights. As I told you guys, I've been extremely busy. But I do check my phone every day waiting for that goddamn Nintendo Direct announcement to come. <laughs> Damn straight, son. Um, well, either whether you've seen it or not, I'm sure that you guys might have come across a co-op video game in which there's a story progress portion, and um, sometimes the story progress is shared across different um, uh, players, and sometimes, like in the case of Redfall, it is not. So, I want to know how you guys feel about a game like Redfall having story progress tied to only the host of the game. Meaning, as the article says, that you'll have to go back and replay that session on your own um, or be the host to be able to get some story progress in. Uh, huh. It's funny that you mentioned that there's an example of both because I thought of two right at the top of my head. An example of a game that does exactly what Redfall you're describing Redfall does, where only the host makes progress, uh, would be the recent uh, remaster of Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles and an, mm. example, and an example of a game that doesn't do that where everyone's playing that's playing will make progress to the story is the recently released TMNT Shredder's Revenge. Um, Rodrigo was hosting when we did our launch stream of it, but I have all that same story progress that we did together, so I could play up to Chapter 7, which is where we left off. He's probably finished the game by this point, so if he hosts it again, we could probably go further. But, yeah, um... Sorry. I I definitely prefer 
when, you know, regardless of whether you're the host or not, that you actually make progress in the story. Because honestly, I think it's kind of dumb when you don't. Um, Damn, Brandon said that kind of dumb. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying really hard to find a potential a positive, a positive <laughs> in what? this, but it's hard. Like I, I, I'm, I am legit struggling to find a, a good reason for why players who are not the host cannot make the same progress. I, I just can't. I don't like that. But I, I like. I feel like there's a reason, but I'm just not seeing it. I don't know. Well, maybe give them the benefit of the doubt, but what were you going to say? I can't imagine I can imagine if, like, Monster Hunter played like that. <laughs> Nobody would go for it. No. Yeah, no. Absolutely, absolutely not. Monster Hunter is a great example, actually. Yeah. Oh, boy, no. So I, I will give you the reason, according to the same article from BG247, the reason for this decision, according to Smith, is that Redfall is an open world game where you can go anywhere. By allowing story progress to be reflected for every player, Arcane would have needed to split the story into certain chunks and remove that freedom. He also added that it helps the game's story be more cohesive, as everyone will have to experience all the same missions, regardless of how they choose to play the game. Arcane, after all, sees Redfall as a traditional Arcane single-player experience. My problem with that is that sometimes people just want to play with friends, right? Like, I don't want to, if I'm going to get this, I want us to play together. I don't think that I want to single player this game's story progress on my own to catch up. I just want to jump in with friends, play the game, turn it off. Like, to me, that's, I know that's not the game that they want it to be. But based on what I've seen, that's the type of game it is. Like, who goes on to Left 4 Dead and is like, man, let me play this awesome story mode real quick before I hop in with my friends. Um, because why? Like, that that's not how this works. So I, I understand and appreciate what they want. And I also understand that, yeah, you might have to not make the game as open world because of, like, progress portions or whatever. Like, I get the developer issues behind it. Still think it's a bad move. Yeah, I agree. I think that if you're going to, like, have a single player story that only the host makes progress, just have a separate multiplayer mode then. Like yeah. don't have you playing through the story. What are we going to play through the story four times to get everybody up to speed or something? Like, I just don't, I don't know. I think that would be silly. Uh, I think like if you're going to have multiplayer and sell it as like kind of a co-op game with different characters that people can play, just have a, like a co-op mode. Or have a co-op story that you can only play with friends. I don't know. I feel like there's other ways they could have done this. I feel like Grounded was kind of like that. Like, if someone joined your game, it was in your world with all your stuff. But if you joined theirs, you had nothing. You started, like, from the beginning. That was, that was, it was, like, frustrating. Maybe not even want to kind of play, you know, mm -hmm. because it's more fun with friends because I cannot kill spiders on my own. Oh, no. Um, but, like, I don't know. I feel like there should be a mode that's separate for people who want to play differently. Can you imagine, like, everyone gets Redfall now, right? And then I get it three months later on Game Pass when I finally get Game Pass. And I'm like, hey, guys, come help me go through the story. And everyone's just like, no, we've done it three times already. Like, mm -hmm. we don't want to do it again. And now yeah. I'm just left out, right? Because everyone else got it day one on Game Pass and they were playing it. And, like, when I finally am ready to play, nobody wants to play anymore. And I wouldn't blame them because after you've done the story three times, who the fuck wants to do it a fourth? Um, but I have some good news for you guys. What's the good news? Sonic won't be kissing any more human women. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or some bad news, however you want to take that. I don't it, ain't, it ain't bad news for me. I'm, 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 I'm good with this news. Thank you. 
Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Because, again, I've been out of this for so long. I haven't really <laughs> chatted with anyone. I'm sure you guys have talked about it. But how does everyone feel about Sonic Frontiers? Because... Uh, have we talked about that in the podcast yet? I don't think we did. We only talked about how the developer... Uh, we talked last week about how the developer was saying that no one understands the game. And right, yes. That that's not yeah. how you... Yeah, 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 it's yeah. not how you approach players when you want people to buy your game. You don't tell them they're dumb. Yeah, um, exactly. We haven't talked about it. Yeah, to me, it, yeah. it, it looks like the Sonic developers were just like, Breath of the Wild did well. Let's add rails and springs everywhere in an open <laughs> world. My God, you I, are I literally, the same thing. You are literally the person the developer was talking about. <laughs> like he literally was talking about people like you and he's like it is not breath of the wild it's not open world it's open zones not open world okay it's not open world and you just don't understand the game sterling that's not my words those are the developers words not mine yeah, then maybe don't throw the, the game at ign and just have like nothing going on like like that's yeah. not how you reveal a game it, it oh was just like i, I was terrible just... marketing yes i was about to say that like um, the marketing of this game is absolutely uh, abysmal. But the gameplay, but the gameplay itself, from what I've seen from the later builds that they were able to get, are significantly better. I, I am like cautiously optimistic for Sonic Frontiers right now, um, because people have been that have been trying the later builds have said it actually um, handle, controls very well. The mm -hmm. combat improves as you like actually level up. Um, yeah, uh, we have. Yeah, I have to get like these scraps of information from the people that actually played it at Summer Games Fest because, like you said, Sterling, the marketing of this game has been absolutely abysmal, and our only major push was the RGN footage that had like the early build that looked bad and probably played bad too. But like yeah. all this later stuff sounds good, and I'm like, you know, I think it might be good. And yeah, but they are, but like you said, they are borrowing a lot from like uh, Breath of the Wild. Like <laughs> they saw what works. I think we mentioned that last week how like. When Breath of the Wild came out, it was calling itself an open air game because they didn't want to use the term open world. And then for Frontiers, they're using the term open zone because they, it doesn't sound like open world. Uh, so, Brandon, yes. do you know how Christy sent us that that uh, article about Final Fantasy sixteen not being open world, but they were calling it something else? Uh, yes. And do you saw how I put a laughing emoji? The reason I put that laughing emoji is because, like, oh my god, this is literally what the Sonic developers just said. It's not open world, it's open zone. It's not open world, it's whatever something that's not called open world is. Like, okay, I, great, guys, just keep, I, keep going. What this, what this tells me is, like, from all these people just, like, so shy to use the term open world, is I think, I think developers are starting to sense that there might be open world fatigue. Now, we talked in the previous podcast about how open world games will ha does, ha does have its fans... And there are people who jump on it right away. But I think they're starting to realize that for people who are playing a game that may not necessarily be associated with that, they don't want to scare people away. They want to give you the feel of open world, but they don't want to just straight up call it open world because, like, Zelda fans could get alienated. Uh, Sonic fans are not used to really open world games. Final Fantasy have played a few fans have played a few open world games. But, um, yeah, they're, I think it's the marketing language that's just trying to, like... Um, um, get people. Yes. Yeah, How the hell are you gonna advertise no open world, but then show off open world gameplay? It doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> no, doesn't I agree. It's all part of the marketing of this game. Show they straight up saying oh, going open world, and then calling it something different. It, it's it's a weird thing. Then you have Pokemon here, which that fan base has been asking for open world for probably decades at this point. And Pokemon so they, said you're it. They exactly. Said, open world. 
they 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 saw they saw that, that people are actually open uh, open to the open world thing. So Pokemon's like, yeah, open world. Go to any gyms in any order you want. Don't don't worry about the Which story. Very Great. interested to see how that works out. I hope it works out well. I'm I'm I'm, but, I'm optimistic for it. I'm gonna move on from this now because I was gonna talk All about right. Sonic's kiss. No, 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 it's fine. It's it, this was a more productive conversation than Sonic not kissing humans. Sonic ain't kissing humans no more. Okay, guys, that's from VG twenty four seven. It's yeah. not gonna happen anymore. That's all you need to know. The Nintendo Switch Japan sales have surpassed the 3DS. It is now the country's third best selling console ever. Um, so guess we just wait on that uh that uh Nintendo Direct that's uh, uh imminent. Um. I, yeah, I hope it's next week, man. That's the that's what the rumors are saying, but we'll see. It is the third best-selling console of all time in the country. Um, does this say what's behind it? The the Switch's best-selling game in Japan is Animal Crossing New Horizons at seven point twenty-six million units in the country, um, followed by Super Smash Bros. Ultimate with four point eighty-nine million. Oh, that is such a huge difference! Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> and then third is Mario Kart Eight Deluxe with four point sixty-six million units. All right, who has all three of those games? Oh shit! Okay, which two do you have? Wait, which which ones do you guys have? For those of you who don't have all three, Brandon has all three. For anybody listening, yeah. Oh which yeah. Two do you uh, sorry, I keep, I keep forgetting that not everyone's listening to this visual. I, ha- yeah. I have all three for everyone listening. Wait, what do you have, Kelly? Uh, I have Animal Crossing and Mario Kart. I have you? I have Animal Crossing and Smash. You still haven't got Mario Kart after all these weeks. You're gonna get it. You won't get it, and I don't have it yet. I literally told my girlfriend yesterday that I should get it. Still haven't gotten it. Well, I mean, it only came free with mine, or else I probably wouldn't have it. And also, I have like, I literally have a Super Smash Bros. uh, Nintendo 64 cartridge, and I also have it for my DS, but I do not have the one for the Switch. So, are you interested in getting it? I don't think so. I think it's been out for too long now. It's too late. All right. Well, you know what? It's not too late for. What's that? Or maybe it is. Oh. What's today? The twenty second. I don't it know. Is. Maybe it is. Oh no, no, it's not too late. It just started. Uh, okay. ID at Xbox, the Summer Game Fest demo event is heading your way. Uh, it's summertime and we got another scorching hot lineup of game demos ready just for you. This will be our third ID at Xbox Summer Game Fest demo event as part of Jeff Keighley's Summer Game Fest promotion. Starting yesterday, June 21st, and running through June 27th, you'll be able to play over 30 demos of upcoming unreleased games for Xbox Series X, S, and Xbox One. Um, so, I wanted to bring this up because this is really freaking amazing. Um, a lot of times we don't get the opportunity to try out games, whether, you know, it's as a freelancer, whether it's working at HP Critical, um, whatever the reason, we don't always get to try out games, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes we have to rely on demos. It's really awesome that ID at Xbox is allowing for anyone to go ahead and download demos of some of the games shown off at uh, Summer Game Fest to get a preview of what that game is before it's released. Uh, There are a few things you have to keep in mind, which include that these demos will only be up on the Xbox dashboard for a week. Some might be republished to the demo channel later, later, excuse me, but many will simply disappear at the end of the week, so check them out while you can, because Xbox loves making things just disappear. Yes, I'm a hater still. 
I will never get over uh, the the way they just dropped Final Fantasy XII from Game Pass and didn't tell me. Uh, the developers would love to hear what you think, so you can hit them up on social media or through their websites. If you like the game, tell them. If you have constructive criticism, they would love to hear that too. And these game demos are not the norm. Typically, the demos you see in our demo channel are created after the game is completed or nearly completed and represents an almost final to final version. Think of these as akin to show floor demos, something we would be uh, familiar with, and not necessarily indicative of the final product. What that means is that you'll get to experience these games early, some way early, which is awesome since you'll have the chance to provide your feedback. You should also note that these games will continue to evolve and be polished as they near release, and uh, the full list of games should be somewhere, I think it's on this, um, this uh, Xbox page, which by the way, this article is from xbox.com by Jessica Rennell. Um, on there, there's a ton of different titles. Uh, anyone who's wondering, almost all of these games, if not all of them, are going to be indie titles um, shown off at Summer Game Fest. But I thought it was just a great opportunity. Um, so if you're interested in indie games, if you're interested in getting previews out on games, if you like any of that stuff, uh, ID and Xbox will have these games up for a week on their, um, on their download channel, so, their demo channel, so you should definitely check it out. Um, how do you guys feel about, uh, developers doing things like that for the community? That's freaking dope, honestly, because, like you said, it's not easy for a lot of people to get hands-on with these demos, um, whether it's for, you know, the, the journalists like us trying to get information, or just people who are just curious about the damn game, they see a video of it, and they want to play it to know more. Indie games, I think, are the games that I think, for the most part, really need demos because sometimes a game could look good or maybe it doesn't look good, but it may play, like, really well or it'll just be tied to your interest and, you know, this gives you a way to try it. I think any kind of demos for indie games are always a good thing so you can know if you if you want it. I mean, most indies are cheap anyway, but, you know, it doesn't hurt to try it for free before you pay whatever it ends up costing. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, sorry, I think it's a good idea. Um, I don't know if I'll play any of them, but I was looking through the list. I mean, there's quite a bit. And yeah. if that's only for like five days, that's a lot of games to try to play. So Sure. Yeah, no doubt about that. That is the only thing I would complain about with this. It's really just, there's a lot of games on that list. You just saw there's a ton of games on that list. You really have to, you know, get an eye on something that you actually want to try out. Um, and then be able to work on it, give constructive criticism for it, you know, actually, if you're going down that route. So it's a lot of games to decide um, between but, and a little time to do it. But I guess when you think about it, like, for those who, who are going to, like, an event like a PAX or an E3, they kind of face a similar situation anyways where <clears throat> they may not be able to play play every single, or rather demo every single game that they want to, and most of that's supposed to be because of lines. Um, but there's always a lot of them, so I guess you just kind of have to pick and choose based on your interests, like you said. Well, what about you, Sterling? Oh, uh, well, everybody knows I'm a big fan of games like Triangle Strategy, Octopath Traveler, Brave, Bravely Default, where they do uh, two demos of that game before it releases yeah. so that they can get fan feedback. And pretty much every single one of those games, like there's a long list of changes they make before they release I, I don't see any downside to doing demos other than maybe someone who's iffy about your game will try it, not like it, and then not buy it. But if, usually if somebody's that up in the air about a game, they're not going to spend $80 on it or $60, wherever 
you know, the full amount. So I really don't feel like developers are losing anything from doing demos, especially that early on. Because uh, what a lot of people don't understand is that show floor demos at things like E3, PAX, like Summer Games Fest, whatever, usually it is so far gone from what the game usually is. Like there's there's tons of instances where developers... um will just like make something separate from their game to, to show at E3. Like um, Jason Schreier talks about it a lot in some of his books and stuff like that. Like, so why waste that time and manpower when you can just kind of present it to the public and then get the feedback from them instead of making an entire different thing, you know, for a and show. The best, the best part about this too is that, it can also go the other way, right? Like, you can actually convince someone who was not going to buy your game to buy it, especially because it's so early, um, exactly. that they would have the opportunity to, you know, uh, give you feedback on what's not working, right? And if it's not working for you and it's not working for enough people, then they can essentially fix it and get more people to play the game. So it goes both ways. I want to talk about Overwatch 2. Okay. Have all of you played Overwatch? Uh, not really, me. Nope. It's a, it's a, okay. Um, <laughs> Kelly, you played Overwatch. Yes. I mean, uh, years ago, but yeah. That's fine. That still counts. Brandon, you've seen Overwatch. Because I've we seen Overwatch. We did have um, Overwatch tournament. <laughs> and Sterling, you know what Overwatch is. Yep. All right. All right. Uh, so Overwatch 2 uh, is coming to, as you guys know, PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch. Um... It is coming to Switch specifically on October 4th as a free-to-play experience featuring new heroes, maps, and modes. Um, I believe it's coming everywhere as a free-to-play experience. Mm-hmm. Um, my question to you guys is, with everything going on at Activision Blizzard, knowing that Overwatch 2 is coming as a free-to-play game, does that sway your opinion and whether you would play this game or not? No, not particularly for me. Even divorced from the controversy, it's just not something that interests me personally. Alright, so let's pretend like you are interested in playing it, but there's some controversy with the developer. But the next iteration is free to play on every uh, console. Would that convince you to give it a chance? Like, are you asking if we can play it guilt-free because it's free to play? Nope, I'm just asking whether you would be interested in playing it because it's free to play. Not, I'm not talking about any guilt here. I just want to know if making it free, as in you're not spending any money on it, if that will allow you to um, want to try the game out. Yes. So, uh, so, so in this scenario, you're saying if I was interested in the game? Yes. Like a passing interest, but it's free. Yeah. 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 I would do it. Yeah, why not? Fair point. <laughs> that's all. That's all I wanted to know. Unless anybody yeah. wants to elaborate, that's all I wanted to know. No, um, I mean, I feel like I am. I don't know. I will spend money on games sometimes if they're free to play, but most of the time, you don't get a penny out of me. You know what I mean? So I feel like they wouldn't get a penny out of me. So, yeah. so, so the, this does help. Um, in your case or uh, in your purview, it does help that Overwatch Two is going free to play. Um, because oh, yeah. they're, you don't want to spend any money, um, but the fact that it's free to play means that you might give it another shot. I, I might think, give it a try. Yeah. I think the game structure, based on to my understanding of it, lends itself to well to a free to play model, anyways. To be honest. 
I mean, I bought Overwatch uh, in its original original state, and it uh, is a sixty dollars that I have not regretted um, at all to this day. I it- spent hours on that game i had so much fun with friends like it was well worth more than what i paid for for the amount of fun that i got out of it i will say that much it got literally didn't it get rated a perfect 10 by ign when it came out i think so i don't remember maybe i think it was a 10 and i think it probably got game of the year that year to be honest right i mean it should have if it didn't it was it was it was yeah it was that good it it was i don't remember i think it was 2016 Okay, I'm curious. I'm uh, gonna check. Maybe, I don't know, but what I will say, uh huh. I was just gonna say maybe it's because I'm not personally interested in the game, and I could be 100 percent completely wrong. But like, I just don't okay. see anyone talking about Overwatch Two. Like, it does not feel like as big of a deal as when the first game came out. Oh, of course not. People aren't talking about it because every time you bring it up, you have to then discuss everything that's happening at Activision Blizzard. And every time that they post something about Overwatch, it's because they're trying to do uh, quality control for some other controversy. Uh, This is probably the first time that they've, uh, you know, spoken about Overwatch 2 without it being tied to some controversy, except for there's another story we're going to talk about later, so we'll see how far that goes. Um, But that's why. I think that's why no one's really talking about it because there was such a drop-off in Overwatch when people were boycotting Activision Blizzard, like so many people stopped playing the game. Um, And then they've kept saying, you know, hey, uh, here's our first black female character, so come back. And then, you know, people came back for like five minutes and they're like, "You, she's not even out. And they're like, oh no, because she's coming in Overwatch 2 in like two years. So just hold on. (laughs) By the way, she's still not here. Because Overwatch 2 is not out yet. Uh, But what I will say about Overwatch is that if you were around during that time and you played this game, you will understand how special that game was. For me specifically, it was a game where some of my friends who don't actually really play video games, especially not games like Overwatch, were actually giving it a chance. And I attribute a lot of that to something that I was really proud of, which was the diversity in Overwatch, because it was the first game of its kind to have the cast that it did. Um, It was the first time that dude bros who wanted to play tanks had to play a tiny little girl in a mech suit and like you can't talk shit about it because like you're the you're the dude behind it playing it it was the first time that you had characters uh presenting themselves in their own languages being able to speak in their own languages you had characters of different um races ethnicities ages sexual orientations like it was really the first game the first team-based type game like that, that had that type of representation that was able to bring in more people. Uh, people found their niche, right? You healer, tank, DPS, whatever it is, you found your character, you made it work, and it was such a wonderful experience. Um, it really sucks. It really sucks where Overwatch is at this moment, because if I were still into it, I would probably... To- I mean, it's free, so who knows? Who knows what I'll do? Um, but let's move on. Amazon is giving away thirty more than 30 free games to celebrate Prime Day. Have you guys shopped during Prime Day? No, I have I not. Ca- I canceled my Prime, so no. Damn, Kelly said she's bored of the boys. I want to watch the boys. Show. That's the only thing. I but I canceled my Prime long ago. But now I'm a student again, so I could actually. Ooh, yeah. But I think they'll right, well, give it to you for two years, so I already used that up. Hmm. Just make another student. Never mind. 
Uh, so, the, anyone who wants to know, uh, Amazon is giving away more than 30 games free uh, to celebrate Prime Day. You can go to GameSpot.com and check that article out. But back to Overwatch 2. They're now ditching loot boxes, but they're adding battle passes and a store. So, anyone who is familiar or is not familiar, what happened was you purchase Overwatch, you have the game, um, and the only in-game currency that you would spend is on loot boxes, and then you have a you know percentage of chance to get a drop for what you want. There has been lots of controversy with loot boxes, specifically in um, Overwatch. I believe they were they had to deal with one or two lawsuits over um, the drop rates for some items in loot boxes. Uh, so uh, when Overwatch 2 hits the shelves, it's going free to play, ditching the loot boxes, but they're getting battle passes and a store and essentially becoming Fortnite. Uh, because I think that's what Fortnite has, right? They, they just yeah. give you battle passes in a store. Um, Yeah. All right. Cool. I guess no one here cares about Overwatch. I'm no, I was just, I was, I was, <laughs> I was just gonna say that that's great because I hate loot boxes. I'd much if I want if I want like a specific skin, costume, or what have you. I'd rather just buy it. I don't want to have to just spend more money to potentially roll it or potentially not get it at all. You know that sucks. <laughs> right. Yeah. But they make more money when you don't have a guarantee. They but sure you're right. do. But right. screw that. <laughs> If I just want the damn Mercy skin, let me give you $5 for the damn Mercy skin. Don't make you spend $5 for loot boxes and not get it, then have to spend five more dollars, and then five more dollars. We don't like gotchas around here. Even though I play them. That's because... what I was about to say. I was like, <laughs> like gotcha playing MF. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go back to Nintendo. Chris Pratt. Yay. What about Chris Pratt? <laughs> I don't know how we feeling about Chris Pratt. I know how I feel about Chris Pratt, but that's not important. The Mario movie producer says Chris Pratt won't offend Italians. Completely missing the point. That is not my words. Those are from Kotaku, so let's talk about this one. Uh, <laughs> as you guys may or may not know, Chris Pratt is going to be voicing Mario in the upcoming Mario movie, which I don't know what the name is. What's the name of that movie? Mario? Oh, it's literally right, called Mario. Right Never now, mind. as far as we know, it's just called Mario. We haven't actually got the full title. So, there was some criticizing and concerns when it was announced that Chris Pratt would be voicing Mario uh, due to Italian representation and, quote, you know, not because, you know, Chris Pratt sucks. Not me. That's the uh, article at Kotaku written by Ian Walker. I have my own thoughts on him. Uh, but here is a quote from this article. It says, when people hear Chris Pratt's performance, the criticism will evaporate. Maybe not entirely. People love to voice opinions as they should. I'm not sure this is the smartest defense, but as a person who has... As a person who has Italian-American heritage, I feel I can make the decision without worrying about offending Italians or Italian-Americans. I think we're gonna be just fine. Uh, yeah. That's how we feeling about that quote and Chris Pratt and Mario. You know what I'm going to say about that, how I'm feeling about all this? I'm tired of all these articles saying, oh, you're going to like the voice. Oh, here's the casting. Here's this. I'm just, I don't want to hear any more about this movie except for a damn trailer. Like, at this point, like, I'm just kind of done hearing all this um, behind the scenes, whatever about the movie. Like, let me see a trailer. Let me see if I like the animation. Let me see if I like the voices. Like, I don't... Like, this thing doesn't tell me anything. It's like, okay, it won't be offense to Italians. That don't tell me what the voice is, man. I just... I need to hear how it sounds. Like, I'm... Just, that, that's it. That's it. I'm just... I'm, it's, I'm getting... I'm getting... I'm, I'm actually starting to get a little frustrated, honestly. 
like I appreciate you bringing this new story, but I'm just but it just highlights to me that they're they're this trailer they must be working on. They're sitting at it way too damn long. We already heard that the movie got like delayed. It's not coming out this year. It's supposed to be coming out, I think, like I don't know, spring next year. Like, I I I I want to see the movie because I love Mario. I want to see how it's done, especially if Miyamoto's involved. I feel like that at least gives it a good chance to uh, do better than if someone that doesn't know Mario um, had took the reins of it. But at this point, you know, until I see something, um, I am just hard neutral to any f- further news on Mario stuff, movie stuff, Mario movie stuff. You know what's so funny about this? When uh, I saw the cast, I thought, cool, good, great, this is awesome. And then yeah. I saw Chris Pratt as Mario, and I was like, Huh? See, like, see, that was see, the uh, only one that I was like, "What?" So, 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 let me, let me, let me just say this: since we do know the uh, 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 the cast at least, um, aside from Chris Pratt, which again, I got to hear how he sounds before I make full judgment. I'm okay with everyone else that's being cast as whoever. I think. Oh, me too. The, the, I thought I everyone think, else was perfect. I think they'll do fine. Like I'm, I, I've for months since that got announced, this casting got announced in the direct. I've been in my head trying to vision how these characters are going to sound like, and I'm liking what I'm hearing with my imagination anyway. But I don't have. I don't know what Chris Pratt's gonna sound like. That's a blank. I need to hear it, man. <laughs> it's so strange because it's such an iconic voice. Like Mario is such an iconic voice. So to have someone else fill the voice for the like official movie is mm-hmm. uh, an interesting choice. But also, um, I, I guess most of people's concerns, I assume, would just be that we don't know how he's going to approach the voice of a, such a beloved character, right? Like, is he going to pretend? Or, uh, excuse me, I shouldn't say pretend. Is he going to, you know, voice coach and, get, uh, you know, get an Italian accent? Is Mario just not going to sound Italian at all? Is he going to sound at all like the Mario that we already have established? Is he not? Like, is this his own take? Like, we just don't know. And so like I think if, that's where a lot of the controversy comes from. If it's just, if it's just, it, I will, I will just uh, just say right out, if it's just Chris Press, regular voice, like, like, if he's voicing Mario, is he voicing, like, say, Emmett in the Lego movie? I will be disappointed. Because I don't want to, I don't want to hear just Chris Pratt's voice doing Mario. I want to hear him at least attempt to make him sound like this character that he's that he's voicing, this beloved character. So I, it doesn't have to be Charles Martinet like. It just needs to be something. That's all I'm saying. Well, you know who? Oh, go ahead. No, it's funny because I looked at like the Wikipedia or like the cast, and Charles Martinet is actually credited yeah, in the movie. Yeah, he's, he's gonna he's, be. In the movie. He, yeah, he's. But he doesn't be. have anything under his name. Like it just. Mean? He's oh, the just mo- there. Yeah, no. What is just, he saying? Yeah, in the direct, they said that he's just going to be making a cameo in the movie. Which my theory is that yeah. he's going to he's going to voice Wario. Wario's going to make a cameo and voice him because he voices Wario in the games too. So he might just he does like Mario and Luigi apparently, and also he's French. So yes, yes he's he not even Italian. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, so allegedly. Ian Walker does not like Chris Pratt very much, and I will say that based on this paragraph from this article that I will read for you guys. Mm -hmm. It says, quote, Even if you ignore Pratt attending a homophobic church, folks are sick of seeing his chiseled, shark-eyed face everywhere. He's the latest in a long line of middling actors to secure blockbuster after blockbuster simply by virtue of being unassuming. In Pratt, Hollywood has found the perfect bland protagonist to plug into cookie-cutter adventure flicks every summer, from hypnotizing velociraptors in Jurassic World to whatever the hell the Tomorrow War is all about. And well, well, actual damn shit. <laughs> the thing oh, is well, that... I'll go ahead and let, let me just 
read a little bit more. It's, he also says, there's also the fact that animated movies in recent years have become all about being able to list a, a star-studded cast during trailers rather than hiring actual talented voice actors. That's very true. Far be it for me to criticize Charlie Day for accepting a role as Luigi, but we distinguish between actors and voice actors for a reason. Both art forms require far different skills and don't necessarily translate to the other. Martinet's career as an accomplished voice actor should have made him a shoe-in for the Mario movie, not just a winking Stan, Le- Stan Lee-style cameo, but as the plumber himself. Mm-hmm. So, sorry. Go ahead, Kelly. No, I was just going to say about Chris Pratt, like, I don't know, whenever he was on Parks and Rec, like, he was funny. Like, he was really, like, I don't know, like, the funny guy, and then he started, like, in Hollywood, and you're like, oh my god, I'm so happy to see this guy, like, getting roles, he's really funny, and all this stuff, and then, like, he's just been cast in everything now. Like, he's just everywhere, and, like, all of his personal life about being, like, super Jesus-y and everything, I'm just like, (laughs) why, like, what is he still doing, like, here? I don't know. He's, like, the least popular Chris. I would have taken any other Chris at this point. But anyways, he was really funny on Parks and Rec. I, I love he him was, on Parks and Recreation. Like, he was hilarious. I just, what happened? He was great until he uh, uh, left Anna Ferris and got ripped. For real. Like, he was, <laughs> no, like, it's just, like, another Chris. Yeah, he's just another Chris. But he will never be Chris Evans, you know? You just No, I don't know. Chris <laughs> Evans. Chris Evans. Chris Evans. Which Captain America. America's ass. Oh, the one who like had his penis out. Yes. Okay. I have to relate them to me. I remember him. Okay. Y'all didn't see it. No, I, I didn't see it. What you're talking, talking about? about. I, am, I, I don't know. What you're talking yeah, about. Uh, I don't know uh, <laughs> what you're talking about. I didn't go looking for it at all. Why? Yeah, that would be weird. <laughs> all right. Well, I know. I know what's that. I know that one. That's the. Joe, I'm not gonna like like. Whatever you're gonna say, probably just message me. Yeah, this is that, uh, that, that is, that is uh, post post show oh content. Oh my god, it was Kelly. It was <laughs> that. It was, I was really shocked. I was like, really, Chris? Hey, 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 hey! hey for everyone listening live, just just let us know if y'all want this post show. Like, it's not gonna be this episode, oh, but wow. just let us know if you want it because. Clearly, there's some stuff that needs to be discussed that's not suitable for regular podcasts. I don't know what the yeah. hell's going on. I'm you know, so sorry. We can move on. I'm sorry. <laughs> I want to see this oh, message. Oh, Sterling! Oh, Sterling! <laughs> you were you were here for episode 69. This is this is nothing. <laughs> this is tame. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, because Wesley couldn't make it. What a shame. But I'm happy that we hit Sterling. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> Activision Blizzard shareholders approved their annual report on harassment. I love that I keep coming back to Activision. There's so much Activision news this week. Um, Activision Blizzard shareholders have approved a proposal made by the New York State uh, Comptroller that would require the company to issue an annual report on how the company is preventing sexual harassment and discrimination in the workplace. Um, Yeah. The the report would include the total number of pending sexual abuse, discrimination, and harassment complaints the company is working to resolve, how much money Activision Blizzard has spent resolving said claims, and the number of misconduct complaints facing the company. 
Mm -hmm. uh, the Activision Blizzard board was not in favor of the proposal, duh. <laughs> like, oh, wow. Unsurprising. Um, shareholders ignored their disapproval and overwhelmingly voted to approve the proposal in the meeting. Uh, a similar set of circumstances occurred at a Microsoft shareholders meeting last year when shareholders went against the board's wishes to mandate a similar report for the parent company of Xbox. Uh, which is acquiring Activision Blizzard for $68.7 billion, least we forget. Um, mm. Shareholders also voted on 10 members of Activision Blizzard's board of directors. CEO Bobby Kotick and longtime board members Brian Kelly and Robert Morgado were successfully re-elected as part of the vote. So, this is so strange to me. You have the CEO that we all know is bad, and... As shareholders, you vote to re-elect him, but at the same time, you're also voting to ensure that they have this yearly report on the sexual assault and discrimination, and also make sure that um, the, the I'm sorry, <laughs> do you have a report stating that yes, we need to know what's going on with sexual assault and discrimination, where the money's going, how you're doing it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but then you you vote to re-elect the same CEO who's a part of the problem. It's just so strange. Uh, any thoughts on this one? This is like, <laughs> to, in the recent Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, WandaVision, uh, Wanda said, said the line, this is me being reasonable. And I will not give the context for why, when she said that, because I mean, that's a spoiler. But if you, if you know the story, then you know exactly where I'm going with this. It's like, that's, you're not putting the, them in a good situation, but you're making it seem like it's a good thing. Essentially, they're they're thinking, oh, we're going to be proactive about stamping out the harassment, but he's still a thing there. But we did this! So it's like you're meant to like look at the good part and ignore the, ignore the bad. They think that by making this compromise, at least, that they... It's very clear they don't want to go the extreme route of firing Bobby Kotek, which is very unfortunate, because that's the thing I think most everybody wants. But they're not willing to go that far. So they're doing everything else and hoping that they you'll, you'll think it's enough, but not doing the actual thing everyone wants. And I mean, yeah, no. Oh, sorry. No, no, I'm done. Go ahead. What did you gonna say? I was gonna say no company wants to you know fire their CEO. Sure. Because that's just really bad for all shareholders. Like that, that that's not a good business move. No, it's not. Uh, a good so business I get move why so. they're doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, but like it just is. Uh, it's very frustrating. It's very frustrating. It just is. to try to try to figure out what the right move is in the situation. But I do think that overall, despite reelecting him, I do think that the right decision was made, um, which is to vote to ensure that they are having this report because I feel like that report is so important mm -hmm. um, uh, just for any associate at Activision Blizzard. Like that is probably the number one priority of things that I would vote for if I were there. So I do think um, that that report does trump the fact that uh, the CEO is returning, I would sure. say, in my own opinion. But yeah. Anything, Sterling or uh, Kelly? Well, to be fair, when Microsoft like fully takes over the company, they can still get rid of them. Like it's only a year, right? And they... Microsoft still has a year to fully to when, when all their uh, I's and T's are dotted and crossed. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So afterwards, after they take over, like they can still just as easily get rid of them. And, but who knows? Like you said, it, it it's down to money. So if they think they're going to lose a ton of money with getting rid of them, they probably won't. But it, it just depends on how they view the public image. 
I think there was a post a while ago where they mentioned um, that they were not planning on getting rid of him. I think. So don't hold me to it. Nothing better than corporate America. Kelsmeister, anything on this one? I'm not surprised that they're not going to get rid of him or that he's reelected. Um, there's a lot more, I think, that goes into it than we know about, like yeah. con- contracts and things like that. Like, we don't know. We don't know. So I'm not I'm not surprised by this. I mean, I guess I'm disappointed. Um, but I don't know. I'm glad that they're trying to change the practices and there are things that they're doing. But I think that a lot of people agreed that the problem was starting at the top. Um, so I don't know if it's a great decision, but we'll we'll see what happens. They haven't acquired them yet. You know what I mean? So it's like, it won't be going into effect until what, next year? So we can see what really uh, goes down. All right, well, let's also see the 10 best queer games available on the Nintendo Switch, thanks to Queerty.com. Um, they include Hades, Life is Strange, True Colors, Dream Daddy, a dating simulator, a dad dating simulator. I could make a joke about daddies. I will not. Arcadia I'm Fallen. Camera, man, go ahead. Oh! Do it. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't. <laughs> Night in the Woods. Um... Darling, why did you do this to me? Uh, Stardew Valley, Valley, Celeste, Undertale, A Normal Lost Phone, and Coffee Talk. I have not played most of those. If you have, um, Queerty.com thinks that they are really great games for uh, the Nintendo Switch um, uh, for queer games for June. What month is this? We're in June. June. Thank you. Um, Sterling just really just... Just Daddy in the chat. Um, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, whoopsie. Uh, <clears throat> Alright, so two more things, and then I want to talk about Final Fantasy, uh, if that's okay with you guys. Kelly, yeah. I'm so sad because I wanted you to see, I've wanted to see your reaction to uh, Short-Haired Sephiroth. Like, I, I need you to see this. Like, I'm gonna send you this picture. You have to see it. I need okay. to know what you think. Um, so, but first, uh, let's put EA CEO's 20 million payout in context. That's another one from Kotaku. I just love Kotaku. This is by Ethan Gag. The bosses behind Apex Legends, Apex Legends, and other big franchises make a ton with low-paid workers scramble. That sounds like a really hard headline. Uh, the CEO of Madden, maker Electronic Arts, is set to rake in $19.8 million in total compensation for his company's strong performance in 2021. That's about half of what it was for 2022 after EA's board of directors cracked down on exorbitant bonuses in the face of shareholder backlash, but still several hundred times more than what some of EA's lowest paid employees make during this time of record inflation. For fiscal year 2022, the annual total compensation for our median employee was $115,569, and the annual total compensation of CEO Andrew Wilson was... (laughs) $19,858,539. This is from last year, the 2022 annual uh, total compensation uh, for the fiscal year of 2022. Sorry. Um, Most of that was from stock, with Wilson's base salary sitting at $1,267,000. That's a far cry from the roughly $39 million he earned in 2020 at the start of the pandemic. So this man in 2020 made $39 million. um, And now... Oh my god, this is just... That's a lot of money. 
Sorry. Um, so following a non-binding shareholder vote to rein in executive pay that year, EA's board of directors approved as a much smaller pay package for 2021, calling the previous year's windfall an exception. Um, of course, everything is relative. As Kelly's going to probably mention, we don't know what goes on over there. However, um, a former employee told Kotaku that they made only $15 an hour after their most recent annual raise of just $0.10. Cents. They and other staff located at EA Austin had complained about being forced to commute into the office while also dealing with the poor pay. Um, an MIT estimates uh, estimated a es- MIT study estimated a living wage for the Austin, Texas area to be around seventeen dollars and forty six cents for someone living alone, which of course means that anyone working at EA at this fifteen dollars salary is not making a, a living wage um, for for living and working there. Um, and you know, I don't have to go on anymore about this. Just look at the fact that your employees are making possibly fifteen dollars an hour, some of them, and you brought in nineteen point eight billion dollars. So I mean I think that we should all just be CEOs of video game companies and just make a lot of money, but we should also distribute that money fair and evenly. Indeed. Fairly and evenly. Um I don't have anything to say on this one. If you guys do, please feel free. If not, I'll go ahead and move on. Three. Two, one, done. All right. Oh, excuse me. So there's a tweet from Mushroom Queendom. And it says, contrary to popular belief, most DLC isn't content that was maliciously cut from the game to make an extra buck. DLC has its own budget, timelines, green light, staff, etc. It's a whole separate project. And nowadays it's necessary for a AAA, quadruple A game to ever break even. Um, and this is a quote tweet for a, a, que- a tweet from Push Dustin that said, Game devs, what's something that you wish general public knew about making games? Uh, this person goes on to say, um, there's a thread. I actually am not going to go through all of what was in the thread. If you'd like to see some other things about um, game devs that you might not know, it's a great thread there that you could check out. Um any thoughts on this or anything that you want to share that you might know that game devs have to do um, that the general popularity might not or any thoughts on this at all? Yeah, um, I this is something that I actually brought up like a few weeks ago on the podcast as well that a long lot, lot of a big reason why a lot of game developers do it is because, you know, we're at the point now where game devs are where new games coming out for like say a PlayStation or Xbox starting to be like 70 bucks because it's 60 wasn't covering the cost of like the games that are you know having more and more features and getting bigger and bigger and you know these days they're just doing dlc as a as a means to break even or or some games will do microtransactions to uh try to attain the same result but basically games are getting really expensive not not just to buy them but to make them as well so yeah it makes more it makes a lot of sense that devs would do stuff like that in order to help them break even um you know, they got to make a profit somehow. They can't just make all these, like, really big games and not make money because then they won't be able to make any of the, more of those big games. That being said, um, I think we should recognize a big difference between... I believe that that statement of the tweet is mostly true, that the D, that most DLC that's made is uh, not done right at launch. It has its own budget planning, etc. There are some DLCs, the DLC content that I've seen um, that clearly was should have been in like the base game or came out like at launch 
And again, that that does feed into the narrative of like it wasn't enough. The game cost itself wasn't enough to cover the cost of development, so they had to just lock away stuff behind a paywall, essentially. But even so, you it, it, it can't you can't help but feel a little disgusted when it comes out that soon, and when stuff that should have been in the base game is locked behind DLC. Like you can understand why they're doing it and still be disgusted by it. I think is I think is an important distinction to make. Um, all I'm gonna say is Street Fighter Five. Yeah, that's a great example. Only thing I'll say: Street Fighter, <laughs> Five, Street Fighter Five. I think that model would have worked great if it was free to play. There was no game. Yeah, but if it started but off, free, it okay, okay, work, it, there was no game. But if you didn't pay anything, then who cares that you only got like eight characters in the beginning, like? Who's going to play it? Even if it's free, there's no game. There's nothing to play. You didn't pay. You're right. I didn't pay because there was nothing to play anyway, so it wouldn't matter. Right. We are not agreeing. It sounds like we're agreeing, but I don't feel like we're agreeing. (laughs) I don't agree. Even if it was free to play, it's still unacceptable to release nothing. I don't care if it's free or not. It's unacceptable to release nothing. That's just unacceptable. Uh, any other thoughts on this? Um, I mean, I I feel like the just the whole thing of it, like people don't understand how hard it is to make a single game in general. Like when you compare it to again, games always get compared to movies, right? Typical yeah. movie once it goes into production probably takes about a year and a half to make. Games on average, especially AAA, take. It, at least five years with hundreds of people year round doing it and they usually cost hundreds of millions of dollars more yep and again just with what we all know about crunch about harassment about burnout like it's 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 so much worse and it's 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 just a miracle that anything really comes out Especially nowadays, like Brandon was saying, that things are getting more expensive, things are getting harder, people's expectations are worse. Like, and it's just worsened by the fact that the general audience has no idea how games are made, has no idea how difficult it is, um, what the game industry is like. Because again, we all know, we all have these conversations every single day about Activision Blizzard, about, you know, the harassment, about how hard it is, but the guys buying Call of Duty and FIFA once a year has absolutely no idea how these games are made. They just play them. So, um, uh, to play a little bit of devil's advocate here, I also I agree with you. However, I also think that sometimes companies are really good at being very transparent what's going on with what's going on with their game, and that can minimize these types of issues. Oh, Whereas without a doubt, companies don't do that at all. So if you if you want people to understand, then you have the opportunity to do that. Um, and a lot of times, game developers don't do that. So the fact that like, I don't blame people. I don't blame consumers for seeing a game and feeling like they're being cheated and having to pay extra because you're right they don't understand that them paying extra for DLC is literally just the company trying to trying to break even for a game that they're enjoying um but it also it's also you know this whole game is about perception right like if you 
it i'll take it back to sonic frontiers like how many people saw the game with its bad marketing presented the way it was said oh it's it looks bad and then the producer's like no you just don't understand like now the perception is wow not only does it look bad you're an asshole like yeah. you're an asshole i'm the problem um so then if sonic frontiers comes out it's okay and then they have dlc later then the conversation goes back to okay well what are you including why wasn't this included in the base game um it's probably just this asshole again trying to take money from me. Uh, so I, I, while I agree with you, I also see I think the other side of the spectrum because uh, once again I'll bring up something like uh, Street Fighter Five. Like when you release a game like that, it almost feels like you know. Obviously, I don't know what happened. Maybe they couldn't. Maybe they had to. You know, make that de- deadline. Marketing is so huge. Like if you have marketing up for something like we were talking about the crazy. Um, uh, uh, the craziness of Final Fantasy XIV being pulled off the shelves while there's still marketing going on for that game being on, like, the the fact that that is a huge deal for everyone behind the scenes, like, just to imagine, like, this game is being advertised at Walmart, somebody goes into Walmart, and then they try to buy it, and then you tell them they can't, like, that's a big fucking deal, it seems like nothing. But marketing-wise, that's a huge deal to be able to pull all your marketing out of uh, however many outlets your game is at. Like, that's not something that happens. Um, Because there's just so many contracts that go into uh, everything with publishing a game. However, I still think it's all about perception and it's about the way that these developers... And I'm not blaming them, because I know it sounds like I'm blaming them. I'm not really trying to blame them. But if your game looks like it's not done... And then you release DLC that we have to pay for that makes your game look done. Um, you probably should do something that makes your game look done so that when you do DLC, it doesn't feel like it's cheating the consumer. I'm not saying that's easy to do. I'm not saying that's plausible all the time, but I'll bring up Final Fantasy 15. I liked that game. A lot of people did not. A lot of people felt like it wasn't a complete story. They felt like it wasn't done. The game seemed it was undone. The developers had to go back and fix the game. And then they had, what, five DLC packs for you to get the whole story? That, for a consumer, feels like, well, shit, that's not fair. Why is it that I have to pay extra for a game that I feel like isn't done just to get the full story? How is that? How is that okay for consumers who are, you know, especially now, like fucking inflation? Like, <laughs> like, how is that fair for us that have to spend our money on these types of games? I don't think it is. Uh, and once again, that's not me to disagree with everything you guys said because I do agree with it. But I also think it's very important to temper your perception when creating a video game. If you know that your game is getting bad reviews, or if you know that your game is going to have this DLC, make sure that you're releasing a full package at the same time. And if you can't release a full package, you better damn sure make it look like you're releasing a full package so that nobody knows that it's not a complete package, and then they'll happily pay for the DLC. That's my two cents on that. Yeah, It's it's the catch-22 of developers needing to be more transparent but transparency will without a doubt fuck up their marketing and transparency also leads to a lot of AAA developers pretty much revealing how shitty they are with their business practices so they're not going to do it I don't it. think that I don't think that it can ruin your marketing Well it depends can... well No go ahead go ahead I was going to say like you can release a game that's not done and make it feel like it's done and then release DLC. And you will not get 
backlash as horrible as someone who bought a game at full price that feels like it's not done and feels like they have to go buy the DLC. Mm-hmm. That's two very different things, right? Like Fire Emblem, Three Houses. I'm just going to use this as an example. That game feels like, yeah, you paid $60 for it. You paid for hundreds of hours worth of content. There's add-ons, right? Was that cut from the original game because it couldn't fit? Who knows? But it doesn't feel like it was because we got a full game in the end. Mm-hmm. Whereas Final Fantasy VII Remake, which we're about to go into, a lot of people don't like that that game is being split up into now we know three parts. Um, does it feel like Final Fantasy VII Part One is a full game on its own? To me, yes. Therefore, I'm not upset about buying Part 2 because I feel like I did get what I paid for, which is a complete package. Now, um, if they ended Final Fantasy Part 1 on and it didn't feel like a complete game and they were like, Part 2's coming out, I would feel a little slighted by that. Um, That's not, to me, going to ruin the marketing of the game uh, because there's nothing like there's nothing really that changes. It's just providing the perception of a complete package to the consumer. That's all you got to do. Now I'm not saying it's easy, um, but I, I don't think it's I don't think it necessarily has to go into the territory of oh we have bad developers oh things are just going really shitty oh this company's bad oh our marketing is not working like I don't think it has to go there you just have to change the perception of how the game looks to the consumer who's purchasing it in my opinion and not not pull a saga and say you guys just don't understand the game go fuck yourself <laughs> exactly <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> are you just that like, y'all don't understand the game get <laughs> Don't buy it. And then you never make your money from it. Can you imagine a marketing campaign where it's just like, no, fuck, you don't understand. Don't buy our game. Yeah, somebody <laughs> said that. Didn't somebody say that a couple of years ago with Final that big Fantasy game? Martin said don't buy our game. Yeah. <laughs> don't play it, please. Okay. What, what game? Final Fantasy XIV. Oh. Oh, no, there was another oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. game as well. I'm going to look it up. Kelly, do you have anything on this one? All right, great. So let's move on. And um, Sterling will get back to us on that one. Oh, it was uh, Battlefield Five. Oh, because, because people were complaining because they had like it's like a World War Two game, right? But they had like cutscenes with women in the trailer, like fighting in the war, and people of different ethnicities. And the developer was like, "Fuck you guys, don't buy the game then." Yep, and I agree with that. Fuck y'all, don't buy my game then. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Don't buy my game. Oh, YouTube. Oh no, I didn't say fuck you. Sorry, YouTube. I mean, we're just putting we're putting on the tags. This video is not made for kids, so you know it's it's fine. Fucking up the algorithm. Oh my god! I said it again. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> Final Fantasy Seven. It was the twenty fifth anniversary for Final Fantasy Seven. I can't go into detail about everything I feel I know. about what I saw. Neither can, neither we will can be I. here for another five hours. But oh, I, I do want to discuss spoilers. Nothing is pointless when it comes to Final Fantasy VII. I said, spo- I said spoilers. Oh, like, I don't care. If I you're listening that- to the Final Fantasy VII podcast... Oh, yeah, you're right. You know what? No, That's I do what- care. I'm sorry, <laughs> listeners. The perception is that I care. Because I do. I do care. Continue to listen, please. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, go ahead. Say what you're going to say while I... What I was saying is, like, I can't express everything I want to say either because it would be spoilers. That's for, like, a spoiler cast. How long has Final Fantasy VII Part One been out? The remake? Uh, we're getting uh, out about, two we're getting about two, two years, years, right? Yeah, yeah, about two years. Man, is it really spoilers if it's been two years? There are, there are, there, there are, 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 there are
There are spoilers I'm willing to say and spoilers I'm willing to not say. Let me just the put it The game was out 25 years ago, Brandon. The original was, yes. No, I'm just kidding. It is totally spoilers. Like, yeah, it's a different game. Don't well, assume But that. that's the thing is, like, I feel like we can't talk about part two, especially any theories we have of it, because pretty much the theories going forward are based off, like, the last 20 minutes of the game and, like, the <laughs> implications of what happened. Right. Well, we can talk about those, just not on this podcast. So let's talk about what we're talking about on this podcast, which is the Final Fantasy VII 25th anniversary. I'm wearing my Final Fantasy VII anniversary shirt right now. Ooh. It's actually my least favorite shirt from the Uniqlo collection. Um, y'all, I feel like I paid a little too much for this basic ass shirt, but you know, it's Final Fantasy, so I did it. Um, I wore anyway. my 16 shirt on the day that FF16 got announced. I feel, well, not announced, but got its most recent trailer in the state of play. I feel very happy about that. Say something real quick about those shirts since we're talking fashion here. Uh-huh. Some of those shirts were ripoffs, like this one, Facts. because you have other shirts that have like front and back full graphics. They really feel like they're worth the twenty bucks, and then you got this. This is it. I paid twenty dollars for this. I could have literally printed this on a shirt myself. Could have, and paid like five bucks on yeah. a shirt that I already have. So probably four four fifty. Who knows? Um. Anyway, Final Fantasy VII Anniversary stream was recently, mm-hmm. and uh, it's now over, and there's a lot to talk about. This is from SquareEnixGames.com um, by Duncan Heaney. Final Fantasy VII Remake Project producer Yoshinori Kitase made a series of exciting announcements, including fans' very first look at Final Fantasy VII Rebirth and the reveal of Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion. Um, there's a ton to talk about here, so I do want to talk about everything that was mentioned. Mm-hmm. So, the second game... And the Final Fantasy VII Remake project has officially been revealed, and it is called Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. So I know that Christy had said that we've got to have another R for Part 3 because we've got uh, Remake, Rebirth, and obviously you got to have an R for Part 3. Um, mm. There have been some theories floating around. We won't get into that unless you guys can when we, when we talk about it. Um, there's a very short teaser of uh, the RPG which showed Cloud and Sephiroth. Traversing an area that's sure to be thrillingly familiar to fans of the original Final Fantasy VII. Can I say what the area is? Or yes. is that a spoiler? No, you're, I think it should be fine to say the area. You say it. For oh, we don't complain me. No, I'm not taking this. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, and for those of you who joined the party with Final Fantasy VII Remake... Oh, never mind. Can't say it, because spoilers. Um, <laughs> something very interesting, though... <laughs> Something very interesting, though, that was said. Well, aside from the fact that it has been revealed that Final Fantasy VII Remake Project is going to be three parts, which I think a lot of people assume, three parts, three discs, we're doing yeah. the whole thing. I think a lot of people assume that it's going to be three parts. Um, before I continue on, Kelly, question, because I know that you haven't finished Final Fantasy VII Remake Part 1. I have not. not um, so when Gabe found out that it was three parts, he just completely became uninterested, and he's like, I'm not playing this game. How do you feel, having not finished the first one, knowing that this game is now in three parts, part one was two years ago with a DLC in the middle, uh, part two is next year, and then part three we can only assume is however far out. How do you feel as someone um, just playing the first one? Like, Does that deter you from continuing your progress in the Final Fantasy VII Remake project, or does it not bother you? It doesn't bother me if they're going to be almost like three games because I played a lot of Final Fantasy VII, the part one, and it was like probably worth it. You know, it was like quite a few hours of gameplay. There's plenty to do. It looks beautiful. 
Um, so, I mean, however many hours that is, I feel like if it almost feels like three games, even a continuing story, I'd probably be interested. But like two years apart for a DLC, that's like too long for me. Or would that be three years, I guess, then? Because coming well, out next year? Technically, the game was two years ago. Um, and it's coming out next year, uh, almost two years ago. And the and the the rebirth is coming out next year. However, in between that, they did release a DLC. Okay. So it's not like you didn't have anything. Like yeah. it's not like you waited two years for like nothing. There was a DLC in between. I mean, yeah, I think that something to hold your interest while you're waiting for the next one is okay. Like I said, if it's like almost like three games, I think that's that makes sense because I'm not gonna pay for like full price again for like a dlc but if it's like the second part that makes more sense to me than um like paying for dlc which i probably wouldn't do no it's it's definitely a full game from the marketing aspect i'd love to talk to gabe about it because like again i think everyone here agrees that the first part is a full game and it feels oh, like 100 yeah oh yeah yeah i 100 yeah so it's just weird because like am i not gonna play uncharted because there's four parts and like they're still separate stories type deal like this is just a continuating story i feel like if these games were all one game that's like a 120 hour story and if you feel like part one is drawn out then the parts that are drawn out are extra like you can just skip those and kind of go ahead um, I don't like the comparison to Uncharted because it's, I, I think, I don't like that comparison because <laughs> I feel like Uncharted You fucking feed... disagree with everything I say. I'm never oh, coming no! back on again. No! <laughs> <laughs> I just, I feel like Uncharted is an unfair comparison because Uncharted does have very specific story beats that are specific to each story, whereas like... This game is technically the continuation of a single storyline. Uh, Uncharted is four separate storylines for four different games. Like, there are, you know, parts in between, but, like, this is not that, in my opinion. It's a this trilogy. Is like it's a, it's disc a trilogy. Two. Like, this is disc two. When you put it, when you finish disc one, you put in disc two. This isn't like Final Fantasy Remake Part Two. It's literally like continuation of the first one. But the first one did have a start and end point as yes. a full game. But if you'd like to continue the story of these characters, then buy the next game in the series. I would, I would probably liken it to a like Harry Potter, a series of books. Right. That's exactly so what than, I was um, thinking. I was, more th so I, than, uh, I was thinking Star Wars because, especially the original trilogy, because that's obviously a one larger story about their fight against the em Empire. But each of the three films of the trilogy does have like a distinct ending to it where you know the story is clearly not over in like four uh new hope or empire strikes back but there's enough there that at least that story of that movie at least feels concluded so that's why i feel remake is because of it being a trilogy as well like remake ending feels like an ending but obviously there's a lot more that still needs to be covered like the whole story revolved around midgar and the midgar story concludes in remake for example so that's the comparison i would make Hold on, because I have a, a a very big Final Fantasy VII fan here with me, and I want to ask him his opinion and share it with you guys really quickly, because 
he is also i know you said you want to talk to gabe who's not here but he also does not like um the fact that the game is coming across in three different um parts and so i want to tell you sterling why he feels that he doesn't like it having played the original and played like almost every final fantasy for like years um so basically he said that he doesn't like the fact that they're stretching a single story across what is probably like six plus years it's bullshit did i did i get that right okay yeah does it <laughs> i love that adorable face that you're making right now <laughs> wait this is what gabe said no 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 oh okay okay um I guess, but, um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. Uh, work is calling me. I will be right back. Okay, yeah, no, go ahead, keep go talking ahead. about it. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, in the meantime, so Rebirth was announced. Um, some very interesting stuff happened in Rebirth. Um, which, Kelly, you need to watch it. Oh, no, you Wait. don't. Yeah, as I was going to say, why don't you tell her watch it? You need to That's finish Remake first. Right? Before you watch it, you need to finish Remake first. Um, we also have Crisis Core, Final Fantasy VII Reunion, which was Ooh. announced. Um, this one is the prequel to Final Fantasy VII, which focuses on Zack Fair, a buster sword-wielding soldier who has a hugely important role in the series that we're definitely not going to talk about here, um, because mm. that is also major spoilers. Um... Kelly, ha- never mind. Might be spoilers. Um, no. It might be spoilers. Uh, <laughs> this game is a full remaster of the PSP original and brings the game and its unforgettable story up to date for modern platforms. And this was very interesting. It is going to launch this winter. No, n- only a few months to wait. This winter, winter, excuse me, on PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X. NS, Xbox One, Steam, and Nintendo Switch. So, um, if you want to play the prequel to Final Fantasy VII, which will explain a lot of things if you haven't, um, you can pick it up on literally every console available later on this winter in its fully remastered version. With full voice acting, as far as I've seen, which is also great. Yeah. Um, we also got uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate coming to steam so the wonderful dlc featuring probably one of the best girls in the game yuffie is uh coming to steam um june 17th which uh by now it's already there also they did mention that um final fantasy 7 remake i believe is available to play on steam deck now like it's steam deck approved or if it isn't now it's coming to steam deck so kelly now you have you can Finish the game on Steam Deck, because I know you've got that shiny Steam Deck waiting for you. I yeah. would probably have to restart, though. Yeah, that's what I was saying. <laughs> but I'd be like... more likely to play it probably on Steam Deck. Okay, well, there you go. Deck. Yeah. Yes, or you can play it on PC. I know you play more on PC. It's Either true. Way, I guess if, anyway, so. if I get it on Steam, I can just play it. Play it both. Yeah. Okay. See? Now we got her. We got her, boys. We got her. Uh, <laughs> finally. It only took for her to get a damn Steam Deck. Um, also mentioned was some stuff about their mobiles, including Final Fantasy VII The First Soldier. Um, and what I think most people wanted, which is Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis. Um, it is a new episodic single player mobile game that will allow players to experience the world of Final Fantasy VII and its connected stories, including that of the original Final Fantasy VII. So, as we know, Final Fantasy VII Remake 
takes the word remake to its hilt by literally changing some of the original game. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis, for anyone who actually really wanted a remaster of Final Fantasy VII, that is exactly what Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis is. So for anyone complaining about how the remake is different and blah blah blah, you can just go play Ever Crisis and get what you asked for from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah! Um, uh, they announced that they're planning to carry out a closed beta test for Ever Crisis in 2022, um, and we got another look at what Ever Crisis looks like. It looks bomb! My only gripe is that it's only for mobile games right now. Mm-hmm. Why? Like, Why? I wish <laughs> that they would go ahead and port 1 through 6 to Switch. Yeah. Um, and PlayStation, and throw it on Game Pass, the Pixel Remaster. Um, I don't like playing, I only play, like, gotcha games on my phone on mobile. I, I do want to play Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis. I would love to get that full story in that form of the original Final Fantasy VII, um, in the remastered form that it should have been that people were asking for, um, on my Switch. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to do that on my phone. I don't. Square. You got the money, so what are you waiting for, you assholes? Do it now! Um, and then they showed us a bunch of merchandise, which... Who's gonna buy that ring and that digital clock? Me! Well, the clock. Not the ring. I can't afford any of it. So I'll just watch you open it and pretend like it's me! Yay! <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was everything that was announced. Um, Sterling's back. If you wanna, um, if you had a, if you had something to say before you left, I, I, we were talking about... Um, I can't remember what I was gonna say, I'm sorry. Oh no, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, so I, I, I can't, I can't go any further. Like I can't go any further on this without uh, completely spoiling things. I will say that I was super, super excited for what was shown for the Final Fantasy VII 25th anniversary. Oh um, yeah, that was a good presentation. It is. It's bonkers to me that we are going to get um, Final Fantasy 16 and Final Fantasy VII Rebirth on the same year dude i'm so in the same fucking year i I don't know what i'm gonna do and if they're still giving us uh forespoken at the end of this year which i don't know we'll see there if if square is giving me forespoken at the end of this year and they're giving me um uh crisis core um this year so i'm gonna have forespoken to play i'm gonna have crisis core to play which is the prequel and then next year you're gonna give me final fantasy 16 and final fantasy 7 rebirth hopefully some dlc let's see some more characters uh i i have been waiting to see yuffie interact with this party for so long um if if what i remember from disc 2 is uh even similar to what happens if you thought you cried in part one Get your fucking tissue boxes, because I can only assume what's going to happen in part two, uh, especially just from the voiceover of my girl Tifa. And uh, yeah, there's some shit going down that I want to talk about, but I can't now because we're almost out of time. So to round this bad boy up, how do you guys feel about um, playing a short game of 20 questions LGBT version? Wait, I want to talk a little about the FS7 event real quick, not spoiler stuff real quick. You oh, I got like real quick, like it'll take me like a minute and a half. All I want to say, go ahead. First Soldier, great game, needs to be out out of mobile because that those controls suck. Ever Crisis, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, it's uh, suitable for mobile. Uh, Crisis Core Reunion, um, shit, I don't know what platform I'm gonna play it on, but I never played Crisis Core, so I'm excited. Rebirth, excited. Okay, I'm done. (laughs) Oh, Brandon, like you could have, could have. 
slow down. Yeah, you're, you're rushing me. You tell me I need to slow down. Yeah, we'll go to the next topic. Let's well, because go. we have five minutes. Um, so I want to know if you guys wanted to play 20 questions before we left. Yeah, let's do this. It should be easy because it's going to be a video game or, um, I have five games, right? Five games in mind. Um, I want to see how many you guys can get through in the next five minutes. In um, five minutes? <laughs> yeah, we got five minutes. I might give you a little more time. Um, however, to help you guys out, all of these games feature LGBT characters in them. I bet. So hopefully that's a free, that's a free pass. Um, Sterling, have you ever played 20 questions before? course all right you got 19 questions and i guess um as mentioned all the games are going to include at least a one character that is lgbt um let me get my ticker ready un segundo all right um let the questioning begin cool question one um is this an indie game no oh is this an rpg Yes. Don't. Okay. Also, don't ask me if a, if a game is an RPG. <laughs> I, I, I get another. Ask me another question. Don't ask me that question. I can't is answer this, that question. Is this a Western game or an Eastern game? That is, is not a, a yes, or, yes no or no question. question. You can only ask me yes or no questions. Oh fuck! Is it a Western game? Yes. Okay, Western game. Uh, 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 uh not indie. Shit. Western games are weak. It got gay people in it. Come on, y'all. <laughs> Okay, it's not indie, it's a western game. Uh, Is it a single player game? Yes. Is this a game made by a western company that's a subsidiary of an eastern company? No. No, that's such a specific ass yes or no question. Because if it was yes, I would have known exactly what it was. But, no. (laughs) Okay. Um. Does this game have a female protagonist? Yes. Is this game set in space? No. Okay. Does this game have zombies in it? Sure. Sure. I mean, okay, I think we're pretty (laughs) on the money now. Uh, might have zombies. Uh, duh. Is this game a second part? Yes, it is. I mean... Oh, well then. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's gotta be the last of us part two. Part two, yeah. All right, that's great. You got one. All right, you guys ready for the next one? Let's do it. Yes. Go. Let the questioning begin. Ooh, is this a Western game? Yes. Is it an indie game? No. Oh, Silly's Worth is saying hi, HB Critical. Who? Silly's Worth. Oh, oh, shit. Hey, bitch, what's up? <laughs> uh, female Does- protagonist? There can be. Got multiple protagonists? Or rather... Or can you create your character? No. Oh. Can't create, but it can be a female. Western, not indie. Can be female, and 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 can't create the character. 
which means oh is that four is that four that's four currently right now oh, yeah shit. i only had three whoops is this i mean one was kind of a game? clarification fine i'll give you three is it a what a simulation game nope Think of all the games with LGBT characters, guys. You got this. Is this a like story-based game? Nope. That's five. And this is definitely a Western game, according to him. So did we ask? According to me, <laughs> you did not. Is did this a multiplayer what? game? Yes, it is. It is multiplayer. Uh, has this game come out in the last ten years? Yes. Is this game made by somebody who has a lot of controversy? Yes, it is. <laughs> a seven. Eight. Is this uh, a shooter? Yes, it is. Okay. Is this Overwatch? <laughs> yes, it is. Do you guys have time for one more? We got sure. time for one more. Let's do it. All right. Give me one second. Let me put it up here. Um, oh, okay. Do you want an easy one or a hard one? Hard, hard, hard. Yeah, bring it in hard. Hard, hard. Okay. <laughs> Kelly's like, eh, eh. All right, hold on. Let me go to my notes with my hard game. Wait, hold on. Un segundo, por favor. In the meantime, while I pull this up, um, Sterling, what did you think about the Final Fantasy VII presentation? Um, it was good. It was, it was very good. Um, I always kind of laugh when they try to do like merch and music stuff and t-shirts and whatnot, but um, um, the only thing I really wanted was Final Fantasy Remake Part 2 and it looks good and from the few lines of dialogue we got, it seems like it's going to be very interesting and kind of going in the direction I want it to, so yeah. Alright, I'm I'm I feel like this one's kind of a cheat, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, okay. Go ahead and ask the questions. All right, is it indie? No. Is it? No. Is it multiplayer? No. Is it a Western developer? No. Is this an MMO? No. Is the main character male? Yes. Eastern game main character. Uh. Oh. Does the does the main character have blonde hair? No. Who has blonde hair? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> is this game made by Square Enix? No. Yeah, I was thinking it was Cloud, to be honest. <laughs> oh, God, you're gonna I be guess... to... I mean, Cloud, Cloud is bisexual, if you ask me. <laughs> Nobody said he wasn't, so. Is... Alright, Stab in the Dark. Is this game made by Intelligent Systems? No. Okay, so it's not... Too that was a good guess, though, actually. Yeah. I should have realized that if it was like Final Fantasy, it would not be easy. So also, he, I think he asked if it was made by Square Enix. Did somebody ask if it was made by Square Enix? Or was yeah. that? Yeah. Did, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, that was 
That was after I said blonde hair, though. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Is this game made by Atlas? Yes, it is. Whoa, okay, hold on. Oh, wow. (laughs) Hold on, hold on, hold on. So this is... Mm, Okay. (laughs) Brandon, are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) I think think we might be looking at a Persona game. I'm just trying to figure out which one it is. I'm out then. I've got no fucking idea. Did we ask male protagonist? You did. Main character is male. Yes, the, the main character is male. Okay. Um and there's and this is uh Does this game feature a struggle with multiple relationships? Yes. <laughs> but that's like almost every person. Is this game. game Catherine? Are you is that your guess? Wait, ooh, don't, hold, on, hold, on, hold on. I don't mm, hold on. Is that is that your guess? You can go for it if you want. Is that the guess? I don't know, Sterling. I think we should narrow down a little. I think, like, that's a good guess, but I want to narrow it down a little more before I go full on. I thought, like, if he said no, we'd keep going. Oh no! Once you guess, that's it. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. We gotta be careful. All right, all right, all right. Let me try this real quick before we commit to Catherine. Um, uh, does the game have four in the title? No. Okay, so it's not Persona Four. Um. Okay. 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 Is this? Do you play as one character in this game, or do you have a? Oh wait, no. Do you have a party in this game? Yes. So it's not Ooh. Catherine. So it's not Catherine. <laughs> okay. Uh. <laughs> does this game have two in the title? No. Is this a spinoff? Nope. Five more, or four more, and I guess. Okay, I'm kind of stumped now. Before we get stuck on Persona, let's look up games made by Atlas. Whoa, are you Whoa, looking up games that's cheating? That, you can't do that. You, you can't no, look up nothing behind this. No, no. No, no, no. It's your own brain power, man. We got to do this with our own minds. <laughs> uh, so, no, there's yeah, Atlas games. I'm trying to think of Atlas games that have LGBTQ uh, representation because there ain't many. Uh, damn. You already, this is... you already asked about Persona 4, correct? I asked about, mm-hmm. I asked if the game had 4 and I asked if the game had 2 in the title. The two games I know that have, like, um, yeah. Oh, uh, we can talk about 4 later on. We could. We could. Because is there really LGBT representation in Persona 4? That's the question. There's, anyway, well, that's, that's a topic for later. <laughs> that's, that, there is, there, mm, yeah. Yeah. Because he never explicitly says how he represents himself. So, That's Is true. this game in Atlas's best-selling series? Yes. So then it has to be Persona. We just got to figure out which freaking Persona game it is. Uh, hasn't Shin Megami Tensei sold more? No. Persona has way nope. clips Shin Megami Tensei not. sales. Cool. Like Shin Megami Tensei does okay, decent. But Persona is like the one, the one that's making them the big bucks. Anyway, um, <laughs> well, let's fucking go for it. Um, does the game have five in the title? Yes, it does. Well, fuck. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wait, because there's technically two with it in the title. There is. 
That's right. So, okay. <laughs> do, do, sorry, what are you thinking? How do you want to, how do you want to answer, attempt to answer this? Do you want to ask another question? Because I think we're about there. Is this game the latest in the mainline series? Yes. Wait. Now I'm confused. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, well, I don't know how that, like... Oh, my God. <laughs> sorry. Because Royal came out after. Oh, in that, in that, in terms of that, okay, in the mainline series, okay. So then, yeah, I, I guess they're the same. Oh, thing. well then, no. Sorry. Wait, what? 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 Yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. And okay. it's the original game. Yes. Okay, it's Persona Five. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> See, it was either gonna be um, it was either gonna be my last one was either gonna be um, I'll tell you guys what the other one was because we're out of time. It was either going to be Persona 5 or uh, Grand Theft Auto 4. Uh, I've never played Grand Theft Auto 4. That would have got me good. I figured that one. I was like, mm, I don't know if anybody of them, have, uh, any of them have actually played through GTA 4. However, it's been a great time, but it is about that time. Um, the hour is near. Yes. Thank you so much, Kelly. Thank you so much, Brandon, excuse me, and of course our wonderful special guest Sterling, who will be back because we got to talk about Final Fantasy at some point, especially Final Fantasy VII and uh, n- n- all the places, all the places we're gonna be going. And theories, and all the wonderful all stuff. Our, and a thank you to all of our audience who came by. We appreciate you, especially those yes. everybody who's out there guessing the answers along with us. Thanks. So oh, much. I missed it. I oh yeah. It. I didn't, I didn't want to read them out just cause I didn't want to like, like spoil anybody, like potential, like put anything. Did anybody guess any of them? Uh, a good question. Let me see. Uh, Grayson eventually got the overwatch one. Um, mm. and Grayson also eventually gets persona five. So, so he got those Grayson two. Know awesome. I mean, he did a few guesses before eventually he got the answers, but he did eventually get them is what I'm saying. Like he also answered. He also put down three houses. Dead by daylight. Life is strange. Mm, mm, see, Grayson. Grayson nah. would have. He would have known. Yeah. No. Anywho, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna come back at some point with Sterling and just go deep diving into Final Fantasy VII, maybe with some other people as well. Um, next week we'll have someone else here too because Gabe's gonna be out for a little bit. So we're gonna have a few guests rotating through. Um, someone who's never been on the podcast before, so that'll be um, that'll be fun, yay! Yeah. Um, but anywho, you'll continue to see Kelly, Brandon, and myself. Hopefully Sterling will come back. Thank you for everyone watching. Thank you for everyone who's listening. And with that, good night, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.